0: go ahead and get started. Can't talk about Gabe's tower without talking about Gabe himself. Gabe Fiorella Sr., pictured here with his trademark smile, he was actually born in Brazil, which kind of shocked me at first. His fa- His parents were from Italy. Brazil in the late 19th century was in need of laborers, and so after the passage in 1878, They started advertising around the world, and they focused specifically on Spain, Portugal, and Italy because they were white and predominantly Catholic, and Brazil was a Portuguese colony, so it itself was predominantly Catholic. There was actually a very large movement of Italians to Brazil in the 1870s, 1880s, specifically in Sao Paulo, which is in the northern area. There were some mines there that place has a very large Italian heritage today. His father was an interpreter for the laborers in Brazil, but the working conditions weren't very good there in Brazil. The living conditions were not great. So his parents in 1902 decided to move to America. Gabe was two at the time, and they came here to Owensboro because of the Vallada family. Frank Vallada was Gabe's father's brother-in-law, so it was Gabe's uncle. And since they, the Vladas, were already here and established, Fiorellas decided to come here as well and join them. Gabe, in 1917, he was still in the seventh grade. He wasn't the best academic. So in 1917, you know, he was 17 and still in the seventh grade. His teacher talked to his parents and said, look, he's clearly not going to be getting much further in his education and he's distracting the other students. So they decided to let Gabe drop out of school and work with, with his father. Their older brother, Joe, built him a hamburger wagon to sell sandwiches, uh, and he had that next to his father's fruit, uh, fruit stand on the corner of 4th and Frederica. His first wagon was called the Sanitary Hamburger Wagon, and as it became more popular, his brother built him a larger one that became the Little Seal, named after the Sealbox Hotel in Louisville. During that time in the 1900s for lunch, everyone went home, Um, all the businessmen, they all went home for lunch. There weren't restaurants. You didn't bring your lunch with you. So noon and downtown was kind of a dead period. So Gabe decided to start taking his sandwich wagon over to Owensboro High School and selling to the students there on their lunch hour. And he had a a lot of success with that as well. In a 1947 interview, he said that he was making about $125 a week selling to the students. In today's money, that would be about $1,700. Here's a picture of Gabe. It's one of the very few pictures I've ever seen of him without a smile on his face. This is from about 1920, 1924. In 1922, he bought an old saloon that was next to his father's um, store there on the 4th and Frederica. It was originally owned by Abe Bear. He had a saloon there called Honest Abe's. Um, He did keep the wagon though. He had his sister Veronica keep taking it because as I mentioned, it was quite a money boon for him. When Gabe started his restaurant, he originally wanted to call it Fiorella's but that wasn't really catching on. And there was a clock in the saloon that said Abe's on it. And so he decided to just add a G in front of it and that's how it became Gabe's. At some point in the 19, early 1920s, he got a motorized wagon, so he was able to go to county fairs around the area during the summer, which, um, you know, when the students were on vacation or not work at, or not at school. So he would go to Indiana and Illinois and around western Kentucky, and he said that he always had to call his mother and let him know that he was okay and that he was eating and he was well-fed. This is a picture of Gabe's, circa 1930. His restaurant became the it place for everyone to go. And in 1926, he and his father switched buildings. His father's building had a larger storeroom, and since they were right next to each other, they just kind of switched them over. Um, Gabe bragged that they never missed a day being open during that, they just kind of switched it over at night. Before the family had been living above the stores, as was common practice back then. And at that time, um, the families moved to Locust Street And in 1927, Gabe married. To the 20s and 30s, it was, Gabe did really well. Um, He remained open even during the Great Depression because he had cheap prices. He struggled, but he still remained open. One of his signature dishes was a 10-cent steak dish that he had that was pretty popular. And everyone just loved Gabe. He was a very warm and welcoming person, and that really contributed to a lot of his success is that he had people who came in every day because they knew Gabe and they loved him. On the 25th anniversary of when his restaurant started in 1947, Gabe estimated that he had served 5 million customers, which seems like a lot, but if you think about it, he was serving several hundred people a day, and they're repeat customers, so eventually that would add up to a lot of people, although I still think that might have been a bit of an exaggeration. In 1955, Millerfield, on the corner of 18th and Beach Road, shut down. It had its last game. So Gabe, along with um, J.C. Ellis, decided to buy the corner. Um, J.C. Ellis died. Soon after they bought it, they were going to go in on a business venture together. So Gabe ended up buying Ellis's shares. And this is the J.C. Ellis at Ellis Park. The horse track um, is named after He built his restaurant and a shopping complex, Um, Gabe's restaurant and cocktail lounge. He was one of the first businessmen to move away from the downtown area to start going further south in town to create their businesses. Um, Once Gabe did that, it was kind of a wave of more and more people leaving the downtown area. And one of the things that Gabe had wanted to do when he bought the land was to do a hotel, which he said he didn't ha- people didn't have a whole lot of faith in him about that since he had no experience at all in running a hotel or building a hotel. But he went ahead with it and built a $1.4 million hotel on the corner. The groundbreaking was in December of 1962 and it was finished by November 1963. At one point in the construction in October 1963, there was an accident where two window washers fell their scaffolding. One of them did die. His name was Walter Allen Pate and he was 21. The other one, as far as I could tell, survived. I couldn't really find out much after that. Gabe's Tower uh, was the tallest building in Kentucky, west of Louisville. It had 13 floors, but due to superstition, it didn't have a 13th floor. It had 120 rooms. The top floor had the swimming pool and restaurant and had a plexiglass roof so you could see up into the sky. And here's Gabe on the construction site um, in a very familiar pose and the tie. He got the idea for the black tie in that he saw Mayor of Louisville wearing one and he decided to wear that as well. And so he was known for that tie and also for his red jackets. This is a picture of Gabe and his son, Gabe, Jr., and William Spute and his wife. William was the first manager of the hotel. He was from Buffalo, New York, and he attended the School of Hotel, Restaurant, Institutional Management at Michigan State University. And if you want to see more in detail about the opening of Gabe's in the... 19 or November 16th, 1963 issue of the Owensboro Messenger Inquirer. There's a very large two-section special about it. It's advertisements from all the places in town. You can read all about Gabe's story and all about more in-depth about the construction details and it's very, very uh, detailed. This is a postcard of what Gabe's looked like. In about in the 60s or 70s, I'm guessing, by the color scheme. And everyone loved Gabe's Tower as soon as it opened. It was a very popular place in town. And of course, one of the things that people always talk about when they talk about the memories of Gabe's is a swimming pool on the top floor. People always talk about how they had pool parties there for their birthday. In 1966, Gabe had a statue commissioned... Um, it's 12-foot, 6-inches, 3,000-pound concrete statue. It was placed in front of the restaurant and revolved 24 hours a day. And the base of it had Gabe's famous saying, Hey, neighbor, it's a wonderful world. After the restaurant closed in 1985, it was moved around, and now it stands in front of Berlew Boulevard Mini Storage. In 1977, Gabe suffered a stroke and died on January 24th. Um, In that same year, the Executive Rivermont Hotel was built, and that was a big competitor for Gabe's Tower. And from this point on, the tower, the hotel, and the business itself just kind of started floundering. So from 1963 to 1978, it was Gabe's Tower Motor M. In 1978, they sold the building to the Owensboro Business College, or um, what is now Daymar College. They had some offices there in some classrooms. From 1983 to 1988, it was a Best Western. In 1984, Gabe Jr. had to file for bankruptcy with the restaurant, and the restaurant ended up closing in 1985, and the building itself was raised in 1989. The building went through a lot of different owners, as you can see. It was usually a hotel for as long as it's been available for sale, there's been talk of turning it into some sort of senior citizen assisted living building. Um, they were talking about that even back in the 70s or in 80s. Um, I know that's one idea being bandied about right now as well. But it never had the success that it had when it was first open. And from 2006 to now, it's been empty. Uh, I think it's gone through several different owners and they've never really done anything with it. They've done a few cosmetic changes, but for some reason or other, they never quite fulfilled their plans that they had when they bought it, which brings us to today.